What is up, my friends? Welcome to Rebel and Create's Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, where I interview incredible fathers, gaining wisdom from their stories for you and I to grow in our craft. I'm your guide, Ned Shout, father to five kiddos, currently ages 8 to 15, and husband to my rad wife, Sarah, working on our 17th year of marriage. So yep, I'm in the thick of it, the adventure of fatherhood, and I'm working daily to rebel against the low expectations for fathers and create a world where fathers know who they are as they show up for their families. You and I have the greatest opportunity to impact our world through the way we embrace our fatherhood role. I believe the role of the father is to serve, guide, provide, protect, and have fun in the messiness of it all. You are going to love today's guest, Luke Hayfley. This guy has a huge heart, highly inspirational, continues to transform his life by making choices and then backing them up with habits. And now his body, his marriage, his relationship with his kids, and his business are seeing results. He will inspire you to stop comparing your life to someone else's to live your own life with intention. Enjoy meeting my friend, Luke. All right, welcome to another episode of Fatherhood Field Notes. I am really pumped to be sitting down with a friend, Luke Hayfley. Luke, how are you today? Fantastic, man. Dude, I'm psyched to talk to you because, you know, when I think of you, you have such a big heart. Like I've spent some time with you uh, and, and your heart you got me beat in that area. Like you, you want it more for some things. And I'm sure we'll share why, you know, where that came from. But uh, dude, where do you credit just having such a big heart for people, for the world, for life? Oh man, I've never been asked that. I would say thinking about it, I I see I've got I've received my example from my dad, probably hmm. seeing him. He would just he would always be help. If somebody needed help, it didn't matter what they needed. He would get them shoes, food. You know, we would turn around on the street to help out a guy. So I, at, at a young age, I rode with him and my grandpa a lot. And that was kind of my example. Hmm. Do you think that other people view you like that? I mean, people say that you have a big heart or maybe they use uh, different terms. Yeah, I hear, I, I, I would hear it a, a lot. It's, it's through a lot, a lot of people say that sometimes they're like, man, you care too much almost. So. Yeah. 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 It's very consistent. All right. Well, I'm going to ask you some questions so people get to know the man that I'm talking to right now. How old do you find yourself today? How old do I find myself? Or do I feel like I'm 24? <laughs> how, are, how old are you in human years? <laughs> in human years, I'm 38 going on 39. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And then how many years you've been married? Um, oh, shoot. Since 2006. So six to 21. That's, I should know that. Is that 15? Yeah, 15 years. Yeah, 15 nice. years. Well, and we've been together for, we were together for about four years prior to that. Okay, so 2002. Oh, right yeah. At, yeah, just the end of 2002. Okay, okay. And then how many kiddos do you guys have? We have three. I have three children with my wife. Um, well, that's, that's off. She, she had Josh when we started dating. And then uh, we had two, James, Justin and James, and then we just adopted our fourth, which is a girl. Love Aviana. it. I can say so, your name, Aviana, now the adoption's done. Yeah, bro. So, I mean, I know the battle for that. So four kids, three, three boys and a girl. Yep. And then are you done? Yeah, well, 
that's proprietary. That depends on if the mom, biological mom has another kid or not, but we are. So you're open, you're open to have a, maybe another adoption and possibly at some point, but Uh, as far as having any children of your own, you're, you've cut that off. We tied her tubes on our third one because we were like, if we try attempt for four, we're going to have four boys. And I didn't want four boys. I said, I'd rather just get a girl and 100% guarantee that. So love it. Love it. Okay. And then where do you live? Um, I live in uh, Barstow, California, um, which is also in San Bernardino County. And for the listeners, it's between Las Vegas and Los Angeles in the middle of the desert. Mm -hmm. And is it best known for having the very first Del Taco? I mean, that to me is the highlight of, of Barstow. If you knew that the, the original owners still, I'm going to send you some Del Taco from here. The original owners still <laughs> run these three and they're different. So they have the meats all fresh. Everything is made fresh. Out yeah, there. it's the best. It's the best Del Taco without yeah. a doubt. I love it. Oh my gosh. They just pack those Del Tacos. So good. Okay. And then what do you do for a living to support um, the fam? I, uh, I opened tw- 12, 12 years ago. I opened a water damage restoration company and we also, um, have uh, carpet cleaning, things like that, multi multifaceted. My wife, she runs the maid service division with inside that. Okay. Okay. All right. So before I get into the fatherhood questions, where, where did I learn that Luke has such a big heart? So Luke and I met at a men's personal development weekend called Rise Up Kings. And uh, this was January, 2020. And in one of the workouts, you know, you know, men, we, we show up, we size each other up. We're like, yeah, uh, this is cool. I'm going to win this. I'm going to win this one. And, uh, and so the one workout in the morning, it was a Saturday. Uh, I didn't win (laughs) Luke, Luke comes running around the corner and I can hear him and, or I'm trying to catch up to him and, and, and I think I'm going to win and I don't. And the guy who's running this thing screaming in my face, you know, right before the run, you can beat Luke, you can beat him. And what I realized is that I actually think that at that time that I, I could have beat you, but that I didn't have as much heart as you. So at a certain point, it didn't matter about the run or the workout, the physicality of it. And that's where I realized that there are people who have even more heart and more desire and so that's something I learned from you is, dude, I want to tap into that. Like what's beyond my limitations. Mm-hmm. That's it. So uh, can I say my side of that one? Yeah. Yeah. Please do. It was dude. It was. Uh, so I, I physically know that you were in a better space because just <laughs> where I, was, I was, you know, you measure everyone up and I was like, I was like, you know what? I'm going to take off and be, be a solid third place. And then something in my brain was like, are you effing kidding me? Third place go all out. And when I went all out, you were right there. And then I was like, I, I remember, I distinctly remember hearing your feet. When I looked back, hearing your feet behind me. And I was like, dude, you better die and not let that guy. Mm. And so, I mean, it, it, it actually tapped me into something that I hadn't tapped into physically in probably ever years. So th- there was another side of that where I got to like, I mean, I have to remember throwing up afterwards and all that stuff. And then my wife was like, you ran. So I was like, <laughs> just by me, you ran like with your feet. I was like, yeah, but I just remember coming around like a lighthouse restaurant 
Yep. Uh huh. Uh huh. And hearing your feet behind me, and I was like, "Oh, he's gonna catch me at the end." And I think because I've lost so many races in life at the very end where I let up. That mm. moment, I was I wasn't gonna let up. I was I was I was going, bro. Something you said though, which which it's like we can be like, "Oh, we're at a workout men's thing, whatever." That that is all for a purpose if you let it be. Is and you just said, "I'm gonna die for this." And so what I'm talking about when I say Luke has a heart is that's how you roll into your marriage. That's how you roll into your relationship with your kids. That's how you rolled into this adoption. Everything I've seen you do, you roll into it with this, I'm going to die for this. And, and do talk about that for a minute, because what does a marriage, a, a fatherhood relationship, a business, like, what does it look like when you put that level of, of, um, of passion into something? So I, I can go back to 11 years ago with my marriage where it started. And um, I, I come from a broken home family. Statistically, a lot of people do. My wife does. And I had an affair on my wife and I actually was, we were legally divorced. All we had to do was show up to uh, court and they were going to sign the papers. And I remember uh, feeling like, like it was, I was out of control. It was just the universe happening. And I sat down with my wife and we had a conversation and we were like, you know, not to go too far in details, but she was like, I was like, I will work it out if you promise to take it or if you'd like to take me back. If not, I am going to do whatever it takes to win you back. And like when when that happened, I, I, there was like a fire that lit up to where I was like, I broke everything I knew, everything that she's she knew I, I, what a relationship looks like. And then from there on, I was like, like, dude, I'm going to be the very best, not because she took me back, but because I have it in me to be the very best. And then I just that just poured out, poured out into other areas because for, to my kids, I want to be the best dad possible. Um, the, like I, I told my guys this one time I would hate, couldn't. Okay. So I deal with kids that are low income and they always say, I wish I had a dad like you. Oh, I wish this was my superhero. Like I never want my kids to say another man is, Oh, I wish I had Dude, a dad. Yes. I wish my dad was Luke. Oh yeah, my gosh, or whatever. Yes. My kids will tell you, and we might get into it. They like they'll tell you my dad is my superhero, and they mean it. They'll tell people that. And like I believe prior to that, they weren't even some of them weren't around when we got back together. Prior to that, I wasn't one of those men. I was just another Christian guy, played softball, you know, ate Del Taco. Uh, and <laughs> to my wife who better serve me, right? And then really not pouring back into the relationships. So yeah, that's, that's kind of where it stemmed from. So you're at this crossroads where you go, um, I want to break everything that I've ever known. I'm going to break it and I'm going to pour into this marriage. And then that just trickled into not just to win this woman back, but to win your whole life. You just put yeah. it all out. All out. Dude, dude ah, it's powerful, man. And, and all us men have that opportunity. I think that a lot of us you know, even me included, you know, we, we limit ourselves. That's the only, the, the only person who limits us is ourselves when it comes to our marriage, our relationships, um, our fatherhood, our fatherhood game. So, so yeah. So then just to kind of, uh, bring this to a close, you know, uh, on the, why Luke is so awesome is, uh, after that race, I'm like, dude, if there's another opportunity today, I'm going to win at something here. And I think for me, God was showing me some things about uh, winning isn't the, it's not all about winning. It's about showing up. And so then we're blindfolded and we show up at this boxing ring 
and cocky little Ned takes his mask off. And my first thought was, I'll be fine. You know, I'll be fine. And so then um, I, I get out of the, the van and the leader Skylar pulls me aside and dumbass Ned. I had just posted a picture on my Instagram of me boxing with my daughter in our gym, but I'm like, this is like one time we did this. <laughs> and so he's like, Hey, you know how to box, right? And I'm like, no, I don't. So anyways, uh, long story short, we get inside. I'm still thinking I'll be okay. And I see Luke who I don't even know you. I see Luke over there just so fired up, dude. He pulls a freaking mouthpiece out of his pocket. When we get there, like who the hell has a mouthpiece in their pocket. And uh, I see him over there, like hitting the bag and just like super fast. And I'm like, Oh shit. Skylar's going to make me fight Luke. So then, uh, I was anyways, long story short, uh, I, Luke was very generous and didn't, uh, hand me my ass like he could have, but got me a couple good, good shots in the ring that, uh, helped me humble, very humbled. So maybe you have a different perspective on that, but I think after you clocked me once real good, you realized I'm going to bring it down to, uh, maybe you were already out of five and then you brought it down to a three, uh, so that I, I, I would survive. <laughs> so it's funny because prior six, no, seven months prior to showing up, I was overweight by 50 pounds mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I was drinking probably a gallon of vodka every day and I knew something had to change. So I found these guys boxing and I was like, I'm going to, I prepaid my coach for like three months in advance so that I said, Hey, if I don't show up on Saturday, I got drunk. So I had like an accountability almost. Yeah. Yeah. And so I ended up going like, and I'm obsessive, bro. So I ended up going like, two workouts a day and I had been doing that for six months straight until we were <laughs> and so I always had a mouthpiece in my there everywhere in all my pockets I always carried one with me and then when we went so when we went to spar there's certain times where you go all out and there's certain times where if you're in control of yourself you don't have to and the old me would have been like pummel them but I, I saw like I saw when I hit you in the stomach and I was like there's no reason to freaking murdered this guy like dude like <laughs> even though you know what i'm saying there's no reason like it wasn't you weren't we weren't trying attempting to merge i didn't have to capitalize that way so it was more like a come on get your hands up let's go you'll see this isn't as bad as it can be just the worst part is put your hands out just keep them up baby yeah <laughs> it's and you caught me a couple times like even though you don't give yourself credit but dude it's the moments with bam i remember getting jabbed two or three times dude so you did i mean it was good it was fun, dude. It was fun. And, uh, it was humbling. And, it, and, you know, I'll just say just for the dudes out there, this moment for me, this moment for me was, um, I'd say God teaching me that life isn't about winning. Life is about showing up and life is about sticking it out, you know, and that's something that, 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 that weekend in particular really taught me is when you, when something matters to you, it's not about being number one. That's a, that's a, that's a scarcity mindset that there's enough for everybody in the world, but how are you showing up to it? Um, and so, yeah, Luke was a part of, of teaching me that and just an overall badass. So since then, just to talk about it for a minute, since then you have continued to box and I mean, didn't you just go yeah. do a fight in Mexico? So, so COVID COVID put a little break on that. And then out of COVID, I, so I told everybody those, those nine or seven months I'd said before I met you, I told everybody I was going to become an amateur boxer and then everyone laughed <laughs> So I was because you're 36 years I was old, a professional drinker. Yeah, I was 36 years old, and no one that we know has has done that. I've never boxed in my life, and so about 120 days ago, 
I didn't, no one would give me a fight because of my age. Cause now I'm 38. Mm-hmm. So I, I went to, me- I got in a cargo van with one of my buddies. We don't speak the language, drove to Mexico and I fought a 275 pound monster of a man. on. <laughs> next and how much did you year. weigh at the time? I dude, so that we're supposed to have weight classes in other countries. Sometimes they don't care about that. So I weighed in at the lowest, right? The lowest 178. I weighed in. And then they they called this guy up and they put him in the ring and we're looking and we're like, that could, there's no way. And then we they call me. I was like, they want me to fight this guy. So me, I'm <laughs> like, let's go. I didn't drive down here for nothing. And we went three rounds and then it, uh, I lost to a decision. Um, and then I just fought. 50 days ago in Las or uh, state line right next to Las Vegas mm-hmm. uh, the, or tri-state championships. And then they auto populated me into a space where I would get the belt and I was unopposed. And I went down there and I told them I'm not fighting and I'm not getting a belt unless I fight. So three days later, there's a six foot two Nigerian dude beast, man. I was, and this is my <laughs> first fight in America. And we went three rounds just going. And it, it, uh, if I could, if I could expand that, I worked for two years to get to this space, right? Yeah. And yeah. when I get there, at the very end, I made a post. This guy's got his hand raised, and I don't. And kind of to spin off of what you said, it's not about coming in first. It's about showing up. Like, I was standing in the ring, and I looked out with my hand down, and all my kids, my wife, family were sitting there in awe. My, my, like, I was their hero. They were like, mm. damn, I was dad. Like, there was, even though, and I took some good shots, right? Yeah. Um, I didn't get knocked out. And I, I, I put up a fight, although it was the showing up is what made the biggest statement. It wasn't the fact that I got the belt. And in fact, the way I'm built, if I would have got the belt, I wouldn't have been happy with it. It was, mm-hmm. I would have been like, oh, what's next? You know, it was getting smashed up and still standing there strong in front of them. And then them, two of my sons said, hey, I'm going to start boxing again. Just because of that, you know, just to get, and and, and just, it's the spinoff that it, that it, it trickles down to everybody around. That's what Yes, that's yes, yes. Okay, dude, beautiful, man. I love it. Okay, so this leads into then, what is the role of the father? So when you mm-hmm. think about, you know, you're showing up as a dad. What is the role of the father? So I originally thought it was just to provide. And yet the, for me, the role of the father is to, hmm, let me think how I'm going to articulate. The role of the father is, for me, it's to be my kid's hero. It's to show mm. them what's possible. It's, it's, I want my kids to look and say, wow, because my dad did X, I know that this is possible long after I'm gone from the planet. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that the story that you said, you know, because I think our culture is a little bit obsessed with being the best, right? So that holds us back in a lot of areas because if we're not going to be the best, we don't try. But to go at 36, I'm going to be a boxer. I'm shifting my life. So clearly you said you were drinking a lot before that changed some things. So your kids see this transformation in this man to, to change some things, get crazy fit. Yeah. And then not settle. And it's not about winning. It's about showing up. And so you're, so when you say anything's possible, you're not talking about, uh, you're going to be number one, you're going to be the best version of you and continue on that. Yeah. Correct. Yes. In fact, the best version of you, I love, okay. So I love saying like, cause there's so, okay. One of the worst questions in my brain that I was asked after I lost was what are you going to do next? Now that you lost. This isn't for you, right? 
And I'm like, it's, it's human nature. Mm. Think, oh, I didn't win at this. So now I'm going to stop it and redirect. And I'm like, it, that's just a step. I never said I was going to just do one, one amateur fight and stop. You know, some people would go back to however their lifestyle was. Oh, I didn't win. Like my kids got to see, man, dad got the crap beat up. Like it was like <laughs> four standing eight counts. And this dude was a beast, man. And they still got to see me standing strong. So it's, and then the next, you know, it took a couple of days for the swelling to go down here and there. And the next week it's like back at the drawing board. Here we go. Change up the style, work harder. And the kids get to see that. So like that's, and not only kids, the people around them too. There's kids, dads that were there who were, you know, went so went on sober streaks for like 90 days after that. Oh, really? And yeah, dude. I've got call, I had guys call me. Hey, how do I practice my discipline? I'm big on discipline, personal discipline. Mm-hmm. How do I practice my discipline? Give me some ideas. Hey, man, because I'm not big on accountability, like accountability partners versus keeping yourself accountable. Um, and and there's kids, dads that were calling me who are still on like really good, really good trajectories post me just going and fighting somebody. So that's, that's to me what it was about. Love it. Love it. Okay. So just to tap into that thing you just brought up, um, you're really big on discipline, personal discipline, keeping yourself accountable, expand on that. What do you mean? So, so what I, uh, what I, what I found when going into rise up Kings, when we're, we talked about and Mm -hmm. then post the post event is one thing being a business owner is I have very, very poor discipline, personal discipline for myself. I can't, I'm not even able to say when I was actually disciplined, if that makes sense. I would bend the rules, make things work. Um, the reason I wasn't able to keep promises and commitments to myself, my family, things like that is was a lack of discipline is what I came up to. So I started finding ways to practice discipline on a small level to stack wins. So one of those was I will be up by 4 a.m. every day. Unless I plan it out a week ahead, and that's like 90 days straight. The next one was uh, it, that that's what helped me with diet. That you know, things like that is those little practices and discipline help me to like now I go in the pool every night, it's 38 degrees. Every night I go in the pool for 15 minutes and do underwater training. Every morning I get up before 4 30. I eat my diet for you know, three, three weeks at a time. Like, dude, those little disciplines. Got it to even where my oldest son, he started getting up at like six in the morning. He never got up before nine. He's like, oh, dad, if you can do it, I can do it. He's 18 years old, getting up at six just because he sees dad do it. So when people go, oh, man, I'm just, I'm not a morning person or I'm not an evening person or I'm too tired or I'm this, I'm that, the other. Is there a, you know, a, a reason behind it? Is there a motivation? Is there a why? I mean, what's the thing when you say, I'm going to get up every day for 90 days at 4 a.m. to just show myself that I have control of myself to do this? What is the, when you wake up on day five and you're like, dude, screw this, what makes you not screw this and get so, up? So I, I have this, this, uh, this thing where I say uh, motivation dies when friction is applied. So motivation is the first thing, the most motivation you've ever had, the moment friction happens, it's out the window. Mm -hmm. So then it has to be replaced with determination. And the only way it's replaced with determination is attaching a why to it. Getting up in the morning, some people, oh, I get up in the morning. Well, that's because their job forces them. That's not because it's a choice. It's an obligation. Mm -hmm. When you choose to do something that no one knows, see, the big thing is, is in our lives, our families, friends, they let us off the hook. If I say I'm going to get up at six o'clock and I don't, my wife's not going to come and start a fight. Hey, Luke, I know she didn't do what you said. It's six in the morning. It's practicing keeping my word to myself. Hmm. So at the end of 90 days, I'm able to say, I kept my word to myself for 90 days. I always tell people this, you're, I'm, I have a hard time trusting somebody 
if they're not able to keep their word to themselves, if they're going to make me a promise, you can't even keep the, your word to yourself. You said, and I deal with guys on a, on a regular basis when I coach them. Hey, look, you're going to, you're going to text me at this time because we're practicing discipline. That's it. And then when they don't, t- when they don't hit their time slots, I'm able to show them, Hey, here's a, here's a re-evolving event that's happening. And you're not keeping just a wake up time. You're telling me that when it gets tough in, in your relationship, you're going to keep a, a commitment. No, not when it's not a, an obligation hmm. and it, it's just direct feedback. And then it, it's, it reinforces and gives you evidence that you're able to do it. That's the biggest thing. Like, so it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a confidence booster for you as a man. Right. So think, so think about this. If you make a commitment to yourself and that commitment is I'm going to wake up at four and then you hit snooze, you just broke a commitment. You start the day with a broken commitment. The rest of the day, I guarantee some way will start to spiral. Although if you wait, you hit that time slot, you wake up and you're like, I got up at four and I didn't want to get up. Everything's, oh, you get used to it. In three years, I hate it. Nine times out of 10, I'm like, I, I want to stay in bed. I'm not getting out of bed. And everyone's like, but you've been doing it for three years. No, my brain starts arguing with itself. And mm-hmm. then I get a win and I'm like, I beat myself and put my shoes on, you know, I, and, and I start on a whole different level and I'm, I, and I'm not perfect. There's times where it's beat me and I get up and I literally feel like my day's been robbed for me. Mm-hmm. Even 10 minutes. So it's something that I've found that subconsciously and consciously helps push me and motivate me to just kill it through the day. If worst case scenario, the day goes all the crap. I'm like, bro, I hit my time slot and I'm gonna be getting up again on time. And that's that's it sounds super funny, but I have now I have evidence that every if I put my mind to okay, diet. Someone puts a diet, hey, I'm gonna lose 50 pounds. What do you do? Oh, I'm gonna do a diet. Have you ever did a diet before? Oh, for a week. They they don't have evidence or self-talk is when it kicks in, they don't have evidence to stick to it, they're gonna fall off. So how do you build evidence? So that when you go and take something big on that you're able to complete it, you have to start with those little, little tiny things. Couple of thoughts I have. I am so empowered by doing it for yourself that the why is for you, right? And 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 because you want to have confidence as a man, right? Yes. When I show up in the room, I want my family to respect me. I want my kids to think I'm a superhero, but they will never think that if I don't think that about myself. And if I can't keep the small commitments to myself, I'll never be that superhero guy. And it's not about getting up at 4 a.m. or 4.30 or 5. Like, Just create habits and discipline where you're keeping commitments to yourself. And I want to share this with you because it's just unique. So every Wednesday morning, I send out a hump day text to a group of, I don't know, there's a bunch of dudes on this list that I send this text to. And here's today's. Ready? Yeah. Okay. Hump day, Luke 16.10. And I don't always do a Bible verse, but it's Luke. Okay. Luke 16, 10, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. Dude, that's sick, bro. That's what you just talked about. I know that's amazing. (laughs) You're saying that's awesome. If you can't show up for the 8 a.m. text, you were going to send me because you completed your workout or you said, Hey, I'm up. I'm in this day. Then when you're in a, you make a commitment to your wife to not look at pornography or whatever it is, done. you're going to fail, bro. Yes. Done. And then uh, and a whole nother course, we get out be a whole nother podcast on what goes on past that. My goal is, is pre, pre was it, um, it, it is to pre navigate the waters. Don't get inside of them and have to swim. Like, you pre, don't so to share open. that. What do you mean? Pre navigate the water. So, so, so straight. Okay. So this is the way to look at it. 
if you knew you were going to get a boxing ring with me and you had six months, the chances that you would have started training would have been higher. So they would have given you a higher, a, 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 a better chance of success or obviously not to get beat up. So you'd yeah. be pre-navigating the water, right? A lot of times what happens is, is, is men, we set ourselves up. I'm not going to do X, Y, and Z and then stand right in front of it. And then when it happens, we're like, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm weak in that area instead of practicing strength going into it. And now people don't understand strength inside of, uh, uh, what is it? Your, your, um, your willpower, strength, willpower, and mm-hmm. willpower to say no to porn and willpower to say, yes, I'm going to stay away from it. It's the same as, yes, I'm going to wake up in the morning or no, I'm going to give it, give in in the morning. It's willpower is willpower. There's no difference between the two. It's just the event is a little bit different. One, you maybe not get in trouble for it. So, so Dude, it's a habit. It's a habit. It's a habit of saying no to ah. something you know. So how do you practice habits? You don't get into the air arena of there's porn in front of me and I'm only practicing then because the chances of failure are higher. Um, if you're saying no because you're going to get in trouble, that's not. That's because it's an obligation. It's not. A, it's not a choice. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm going to get in trouble. You know. How do you do? Make a cognitive choice, a decision. You know. You got to practice that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I said I was going to do X, Y, and Z. Boom. So, dude, I, this is powerful because I think so many men struggle. We keep using pornography, but but let's use as as an example. That's like a, a habit. See that they've had for years and years and years. So it's really hard to do. So instead of focusing on, I'm not going to look at porn today, or I'm not going to do X, Y, or Z today, go create a habit of willpower. So start saying, I'm going to wake up at 4.30 AM tomorrow just to show myself I can. Just show right? you something you can do. And it. so yeah. then after 90 days, I'm waking up. Okay. Now after another 90 days, I'm going to do a hundred pushups a day, right? Yeah. So you do one every 10 minutes, if that's what you got. And, and then you're building willpower. So then you can attack those negative things in your life because you've created a belief and a confidence that you have what it takes. And then you're also, you're, you're creating evidence for your self-talk when that comes up. Mm-hmm, so it's, mm-hmm. you know what, dude, I've done a hundred pull-ups a day for the last 30 days, hundred pull-ups. You're telling me that this alcohol right now on a Tuesday, what, are you kidding? No, I got a hundred pull-ups to do tomorrow versus me. I would have been like, Shh, let's do shots, baby. Like, let's go. <laughs> like, like, Oh, you know, you only live once, bro. Like I li- only lived once for like three years and like, I got freaking fat and my life was suffering from it. It, it was just it, like, you're going to, there. I look at it this way. There's going to be pain either way. You're going to have pain because you, 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 you get, you gave in and then you have regret, or you're going to have pain because you did something to get stronger because strength Pain is, pain is a byproduct of strength. Your strength is a byproduct of, product of pain. You're going to have to do something and it's going to be painful either way. Um, and I would also <laughs> I say love destroy, that. destroy uh, you, you said build, build a um, habit. I love that. And also destroy one. Like there's little mm-hmm. habits we have in our lives where we can be like, man, I'm going to practice not doing that anymore. Like mine was watching TV. I only watch movies with the family. I, I got rid of the news, you know. And I was a news freak, dude. I could listen. I could tell you everything that's going on in the world. Nothing that was going on in my life, but everything that was going on in the world. So one of those habits was getting rid of the news, things like that, you know? Hey, that's a really powerful statement you just made. And if you're listening to this, I would encourage you, if you have a ton of knowledge and can show up to an argument with somebody and you have a ton of knowledge about what's going on right now and you have all the facts 
but your life is shit on the inside and you you don't know how to talk about your own life, then you are focused on the wrong things, man. Because in five years, whatever it is that you know everything about today is going to be different in five years. And then the stuff from today isn't going to matter at all, but your life matters. Dude, that's powerful, oh, Luke. Oh, okay. I'm going to jump into some more questions because yeah. we can just wrap forever. Um, as you've been a father and clearly there's been, you know, like anybody's story, there's ups and downs of life. What have you learned about yourself in being a father? Right. And you've talked about friction, right? So when you have children, there's this whole new level of friction where you're, you are showing up and you see things you like and don't like about yourself. And and what have you learned about yourself in those situations as a father? Um, so one of the big things that I learned is that, so children, if people use the word resilient, I don't know if resilient is the word. They're a very, they're more like sponge, if that makes sense. Um, sponges aren't really resilient. They just can take a lot. I found that doing my best as a dad, when I was giving about 50 or a quarter percent, my kids are going to love me no matter what. I'm mm. still going to be their hero. The issue is, is there's going to be a time where reality hits and the sponge isn't able to take in anymore, if that makes sense. And then, so, so what happens is, is I, I realized that um, if I didn't start stepping it up, there was going to be a point where like, they looked at me, like I kind of look at my dad, if that makes sense. And I love my dad, but there's a point where I was like, dude, my dad was really barely winging it. He's barely making it. And I know that there may have been times where he could have done better. And then I real rewind and I look and I'm like, dude, there's a lot of times I personally could have done better. And I let them down and they seen it and they mm. didn't say it and they know it. So, and they would have totally been okay with me going down that path. Oh, this is dad's time, you know, stuff like that. And so my goal is, is to not fill their sponge up so fast. Like eventually they're going to come to terms and be like, Hey, they're going to grow up dad. And we're growing up with them. I'm growing up. I was a young parent. I'm growing up with them. So yeah. my, my, what I learned is like, even though I'm not perfect, they deserve the best version of me that's possible. Like even though I do it for myself, like there's my kids deserve the very best loop there is. And that's the, all, that's all I can do. And I can have no regrets from there. Hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. Man, this podcast is called Fatherhood Field Notes and you're doing it, right? You're opening yeah. up your life, sharing your life. The mantra behind it is rebel and create. And the idea mm -hmm. behind that is it can be applied to anything. Something like I'm rebelling against, you know, what the world says masculinity is and I'm creating a world of this or I'm rebelling against watching TV on a Monday so that I can get to bed early and create a disciplined life uh, on Tuesday, whatever. When you hear the mantra rebel and create, what does that mean to Luke? What are you rebelling against and what are you creating out of your rebellion? So I like that. Uh, so for one, I've always liked that uh, rebel and create Two, uh, because I, I was getting to think about it. I'm rebelling against the father that I was and thought I would be. And I'm creating, I don't even know what I'm creating, although I'm creating the greatest version, greatest father, husband that, that I could possibly create. Mm -hmm. There are no excuses They're like, I want my, I, I want to leave like a legacy with my family and my kids where they say, because of him, we are in this space or because of him, I know I can do this or because mm -hmm. grandpa became a, a professional boxer at 39, you know, like, yeah. I know that this, this little tip in our marriage is just a bump, you know, 
he they they made it work. Yes, like, I want them to yes. be able to say, "Mom and Dad, you know, took kid. They're going to have tr- they're going to have their own trials. Although if they can roll back and like I kept saying, find evidence that they can do it." I had no evidence that I could do it. My family, my dad was married two times or whatever, you know, same with kids. I had no evidence. We, we had to figure out. My kids, they have the evidence now. Hey, mom and dad went through some crap, but look what they created from it. Dang, dad used to drink all the time. There's a story where the kids, me and my wife went out drinking when I said we'd be home. They, they set up a big old party to have fun and we never came home. We let them down, dude. Like, And you know what? It's easy. They didn't say anything. We found out years later, my wow. kids never go like – to the best of my ability, never go without coming first when I make commitment. And there, there, we are inundated with family stuff all the time right now. And that's, that's, they, we could have kept going down that path and nothing would have been wrong. That's just a normal family. Like I'm creating something abnormal so other people can look at it and say, shoot, I can have that too. Yeah. So there's a couple things you're creating. One is, is, is you're rebelling for yourself. You're rebelling against, um, history. You're rebelling against maybe a culture of weak, passive men. And, and what you're creating in that is you're creating, you know, a sense for your own children, uh, to know what's possible, which will probably come up in my legacy, final legacy question, but then also showing other dads, like you do not have to be what the world says a man is which right. is what rebel and create is all about and i mean you're you know like you're 36 and you were living a kind of the average whatever and you have kids and you're like wait a second no i want something different for myself and and i think a lot of dudes who are on here we want something different for ourselves and we're at that like 35 to 45 range and the world is like get more hobbies you know sure. do whatever and which is cool, but why are you doing it and who is it impacting and, and the things that you have chosen is impacting your relationships with your family? Yeah. Did you say, why am I doing it? Oh no. So I'm so, so yeah. I was I mean, listening to you so good. Like, yeah, I didn't know you were asking a question. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what you're rebelling and creating and wh- yeah. why is that important to you? Oh, okay. Um, man, it's important to me because, uh, uh like, I like telling stories. I, when I was drinking all the time, I didn't realize that my oldest son was out partying and doing drugs. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and so the only way I was able to find out that wasn't because I was looking for it, is because I sobered up and said, Hey, I'm going to go on a, on a 120 day run. Well, then I realized we'll shoot half the company at the time they were partying and messing up. There was like four people within the company. I was like, the whole company's in chaos because they're exactly like me although to tighten up my son i was like we had to have a come to jesus moment inside of that space and he told and my wife and i we disagreed over how it was handled and my my son came to my wife a year later and said if dad wouldn't have done that i might not be here because of the kids i was people i was hanging around with like high level style it was bad bro and, he, and he'll admit it. And it was just him being a kid, you know, there's no judgment. And I was totally, totally fair about it. We had our conversation. I said, I'll trust you from here on out. Um, you, you just know that I'm, I'm here like, like this, we're doing this together. Yeah. Like, and that's when he totally shifted his whole life. He's graduating college uh, in like three months. He runs half of the business, the carpet cleaning stuff. He does all that. He's, uh, going to a high level men's leadership next month that he's paid for himself is paid over 12 grand out of his pocket to do. And wow. his entire life 
trajectory from I'm a pothead inside the ghetto to where he's on his way to is huge. So when you say why, because that's just one and I've got three underneath of him and they still are growing. And it's the example that they follow, not dad's words, not what dad says. Yeah. So at that time, you were partying and, and, you know, doing life, whatever is that, was that a big motivator for you to then shift into the boxing and getting, you know, getting fit and whatnot was because so you saw I your son all, on a similar path. I was already, no, I didn't even see him on that path. I was dead blind to it. I shifted into boxing to, for myself, the boxing and getting it, getting sober. And, and I don't have a problem. I don't drink ever. You know what I'm saying? I don't that's not the thing. I'm not making alcohol like the bad guy. My overconsumption of it is what was creating the problems. Mm-hmm. Um, so once I cleaned myself up is when I realized what was really going on. Hmm. What, I had no clue. And then, and then I had a grounds to be able to speak on it. The worst thing I've ever had is somebody come and speak and tell me something when I was younger. And I'm like, you have no bearing. You're in a worse position than I am. So right. as a dad, Hey, you shouldn't do that stuff. I'm out partying every night. What kind of what kind of leverage do I have? How, what kind of leadership is that? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. by by hey look, he knows for six months I've been getting up at four a.m. or earlier and boxing and fighting, and I lost sixty pounds. And all I am, am in, I'm inundating, integrated with the family. He knew now now there was something that was standing out where he was now the oddball out, and he had to either make a change or he that would that was exposed. Was it um, uh, in the darkness? Like it was exposed. Everything you do in the darkness will be exposed by the light. I love Mm -hmm. that one because everything I do generally it's dark. Although the it was exposed as soon as as soon as I started shining, it was exposed. And then as my son, instead of me beating him up, he's like, "Yeah, dude, I'm going to be like my dad. I want to be like my dad at 18 years old, 17 years old. I want to be like my dad." Totally turned around. So you just went on a path and set a crazy example of what's possible. Instead of fighting with your son all the time, telling him how wrong everything he's doing, although you made the choice, like I could see it being easy, like, hey, I'm taking a big break from everything and I'm going to work out. And then two weeks later, hounding your son to do the same thing, hounding your son, hounding your son. And it sounds like it was more that you led from example, less than kind of just badgering him. Correct. And th- the craziest part is I didn't know I was leading. I didn't even know, look, I didn't even really know that I was leading him a, a positive direction. Cause I wasn't aware at the time that he was going a negative direction. It was just the actions. There was nothing. Yeah. There was nothing involved with me. I'm going to leave my kid out. I was like, Oh, I thought my kid was great. He is great. I just thought he was on a great path. It wasn't even exposed to me until, until like later on, I was like, Oh, that's how disconnected I was. I just did it for me. And then they, he came, he followed. Yeah. So I think there's some huge ahas here. I think that regardless, regardless of what you're doing as a, as a dad, let's just say as a dad, now, maybe it's not your overconsumption of, of, of something. Maybe it's not overconsumption of alcohol, but maybe it's overconsumption of something or, or being passive or whatever, whatever, whatever way you're leading yourself in a negative light, you are leading your kid and you may not even see it or know it. Correct. Right. So then the flip side of that is the same. If I'm going to go down a path of discipline and creating a life of, of value and purpose and mission, I will be leading them as well through my actions. So as a dad, you got to realize whatever you're doing, you're setting the path for your kids. You can't assume, Oh, my kid's going to be better than me. No, he's not. No, he's not. 
no way he's going to do the same crap you do unless you choose to lead. I, I agree a hundred and ten percent with that because I was big on, oh, I'm never going to be like my dad and literally found myself being exactly like him in the ways that were the worst, like how I talked to my wife, how I treated my kids. Like, I'm not saying I have terrible dad. I'm just like the negative things that I rec- that that I remember are the things that I used. Those mm-hmm. were my tools. Like, hey, a hammer's a hammer, bro. Here you go. Um, and and so cognitively making a decision to change that and redirect it only comes from realizing, hey, man, I got to practice discipline somewhere, yeah. somewhere, somewhere yeah. in a different space. You know, it doesn't have to look like a beatdown. Dude, man, this is such good stuff for dudes to hear. And, and before I ask my final question, you know, is there anything as you're sitting here thinking about fatherhood, parenting, relationship with your wife, your kids, um, that you're like, dude, men, men need to hear this story, or I really want to share this because I know you have a passion for sharing your heart and your life and very vulnerable to share everything with, with, with the men around you so that they can grow. But is there anything on your mind, heart that you want to share or tap into before we jump into our final question? Uh, it's cool that you asked that because I was like, if he asked that when I was in the pool yesterday, freezing, right? Um, there's one thing w- in regards to when I had my issue with my wife in the beginning where we broke up and anything that I can find when I have a problem within my family that spawns back to is what I like to call it is called negatively comparing. So everything that happened in that space, like say I was upset with my wife with something in the, in the space of like, you know, uh, infidelity or something, or would say it could be porn, it could be anything generally spawns when it's reverse engineered to what's called negatively comparing. I was negatively comparing my marriage to other marriages, or I would negatively compare, man, that that person's kids are so much better at this, um, or negatively compare my wife to, oh, you know, she's blonde, but this girl's brunette, or she's tall. And this, you know what I'm saying? There was the, then when I realized like in the spaces where I would negatively compare anything, I was, I wouldn't find happiness there. There was some type of like, um, I, I w- there was some disease, disease there, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So the moment that I find myself, Hey, look, this doesn't seem right. Or I don't feel good about it. Well, what am I comparing it to a lot of the time? And this is the worst part. Like it say, Oh, my wife, right. If I'm going to negatively compare to someone else, she doesn't even know I'm doing that. She has no chance of whatsoever becoming whatever it is I want. It's a whole figment of the imagination. It creates, creates such a, 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 a problem like internally and then what happens is, uh, is I would start to search that out or seek that out. Um, yeah. And it's not, and it's not fair versus what I like to do is like, I flip it to positively compare, like what are all the amazing things that she is doing? What's amazing things that are going on? What's amazing things that my son does do? I can say, Oh, he's not that athletic. Well, negatively comparing to who someone else's kid, he's about to graduate college. And he's barely 18, you know, like, like it's a, it's a, a mind shift where I always say or a shift in, inside of my mind. What I like to share is because if you find yourself in a space where you're not happy with the situation or see where your brain, what's your brain doing? Is it comparing it? What's it comparing it to? Is that even logical? Normally it's something that's not even going to happen, you know? 
Yeah. Uh, and the flip side of what you just said is, is I just want to be real clear with people is you're talking about negatively comparing, which we can dive into, but the flip side isn't positively comparing, right? So, yeah. You, yeah so it's not like, oh, well, my wife is prettier than that guy's it's wife. It's still negatively comparing yeah, somebody else. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So that's still negative. But what you decided to do is you said, and stop, you stopped fantasizing. Correct. Right. Which then can lead to actually pursuing. Correct. And giving that person who you love, not even a freaking chance, like you said, uh-huh. but you're noticing the things that you are grateful for. Grateful. Yes. Yeah. So you're saying, this is what I'm grateful for this person, not in a comparative way to so-and-so because dude, we followers. So negative comparing either on a comparing how you're better or comparing how you're worse is, is going yes. to leave just huge barriers between you and those that you love. Yes. And another thing is, is energy. So what, what I say is like, if you're going to use that energy to, to do the negative or positive comparing, use the energy to find like something that you didn't notice. Like uh, one time I, I did a class where I didn't even know my wife's, like, they were like, look into to your wife's eyes and you know, what you color your wife's eyes. And I'm like, bro, I've been married for five years. I don't even know my wife's color of her eyes. I think they're like green or something. She has hazel eyes, dude. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I was so busy with my mind, other places looking all these and people be like he's a great dad husband this and that yeah there, there's different levels of great you just don't ever want to stay in one i believe and my biggest thing was like i was so focused on everything outside i didn't even notice what was right in front of me well generally that's what happens when i start to get into a space i'm like well i'm not noticing we got an argument before we're real life like before this thing and we got into a thing where i spoke at a time which probably wasn't appropriate and then i took offense at it and then she retaliated back. And now I'm mad because she retaliated back. How dare she not know what I'm thinking? What the heck? Right? Like, and then we yeah, totally that's, made that's up. Every, yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Dude. It's not part, like, like, that's real life. Now, the thing is, is navigating those things and coming out and, and creating something positive from them. That's where the, the growth happens. The growth happens. So, dudes, don't compare. And we said, don't compare with those that you love. That includes yourself because you, you got to love yourself before you can love anybody else yeah. and, and then go deeper. So like the idea of what's my wife's eye color, you know, go deeper instead of comparing to also dude surface level bull crap, right. <laughs> with, with whoever you're going to compare to, everybody's got a messy life, go deeper into that relationship with yourself, mm-hmm. with your spouse, with your kids, go deeper searching. And, and I think go back to the very beginning of my conversation with Luke about I'm going to die for this thing, yes, right? Like I'm going to die for this life I have. I'm going to, I'm going to search out who is Ned and I'm going to become the best version of Ned. I'm going to cut the shit out and I'm going to bring up the good. I'm going to get rid of the bad habits. I'm going to create better habits. I'm going to go after my wife. I'm going to die for this relationship. I'm going to die going deeper into who she is, how I can love her, how I can help her flourish. Same with my kids. And dude, if we showed up in our life like that, bro, that gets me fired up right now. Yeah, that's that, and that's it's 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 totally possible, and it can be done. It, it, the thing is, society would tell you, "Oh, that's impossible. People don't live that way." You can, I live that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you mm-hmm. live that way. There's yeah. people men out there that live that way, and and we benefit from it. That, it doesn't mean that life is perfect. In fact, life will never be perfect. There's it's actually, I think hard. life will get even harder in some instances. It, it should, but then when you're callous, that's what calluses are for. Like the practice mm. your discipline, become callous. Life is going to be hard. You know what? If, if, if you're going to stand and say, I'm going to be the greatest father, husband, and wife, 
we're just let's just take the spiritual side of that. You think that the that the devil wants that to happen? You think he's gonna be like, oh great, he's gonna be the best man leader he could possibly be. Let, <laughs> let him go. Hey, free free road. No, you're gonna get hit with everything and then some in the kitchen sink to see really see if you want it. How bad do you want it? How bad do you want it? And I would say if you're not feeling pressure or friction, then you're not trying. No, oh, yeah, you're not, you're not doing pressure. In fact, you should almost feel overwhelmed almost all the time. And I know that sounds terrible. We're men, we're created to take on so much. Mm. And, and, and once you're overwhelmed for so long, it becomes normal. Like it was, I mean, if you're in the ring getting punched a lot of times, it becomes normal. The more you get punched, the more normal it is. The more you realize you can take. If we take when you and I box to now, I get punched over and over and over hundreds of times with inside of a five day period. And I don't bleed no more. Like the, if I would have done that, then I'd be all busted. Like we're created to take on so much. And then I was actually going to make a post. Like the man that was inside of me three years ago to the guy that's inside of this dude right here, I'm scared for this planet of like what this, this dude three years is going to be. Like once this guy breaks out, like every time it's like a rebirth, the rebirth, the rebirth, and it's all yes. created friction. Yeah. And what you said a moment ago, because I, I, I don't want to say Luke is better today than he was three years ago, because it's not b- about being better. But you said a moment ago, there's always more, there's different levels of great. Yes, and and, and you're not, level. yeah. And you're not comparing against Ned versus Luke. You're comparing no. against Ned versus Ned, Luke versus Luke. Right yeah. now, you do want other men around you to maybe open your mind to what's possible, yeah. right? Because like this conversation, you might go, "Dude, I didn't even know that was possible." So you do need to surround yourself with with dudes who are on the similar path of going after life with all that it has to offer. But you don't want to compare yourself because then you'll live in a negative, sad fantasy world. No, no, no. In fact, I don't even compare myself to the old me. It's not, I'm not, so, uh, what is it? You can, uh, like I have this thing where it's like, you, you either hate who you are or you love what you can become. Like those are the two motivating factors and most people need the pain. So like, if I, if you're in a space where you're like, I just don't like where I'm at, then there was a time where I hated who I was so much. I, I had to become, but hate doesn't last that long. It's not a good driver. Love is a bit, I'm, I'm love with the heck I'm going to become. Like that, I'm at that level where I'm like, dude, I love that, man. I want to know what's coming up next, you know, and they're both tools. They're both powerful tools. Yeah. One is sustaining long-term love is sustaining long-term hate is a, is a boost of nitrous. Boom. I hate it. I'm quitting everything. You can't hate it forever though. So those are like the two, two tools I love to use, man, especially when I'm inside of some type of a space. Mm -hmm. Dude, powerful stuff, Luke. All right, my last question for you, bro, is legacy question. So you've talked about this a bit, but you know, say 30 years from now, you're standing out um, in a cul-de-sac, peering into the homes of your children. What do you see in those homes based on the the man that Luke was continuing to become? Oh, man. So I see... One, I don't see them in the desert, although they can be wherever they want. <laughs> uh, it's really a terrible place we're at, um, logistically. Um, I'm thinking I see them with their families, their uh, wives, and their kids. You know, I like to think when I'm 80, because I always tell everybody, I'm going to make it till I'm 80. Yeah, no yeah, bro. And when I'm 80, I'm standing there, and I'm seeing them with their wives, their first wife, right? Their first mm-hmm. love, and they're with their kids, and their kids are there, and 
uh, and in shape. The reason I say in shape because I see my kids as as taking their health pretty serious now, based on how we were. And the reason that's important to me is because if I want to make a big impact on this planet, I, how dare I say I want to do that and then not be in physical shape to 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 carry that out. And my kids live the same way. You know, it's it's no diss on anybody who doesn't see that way. I could care less, but like in shape, loving, happy families, and then that can go through crap, bro, and and come out stronger. That's it. Not like it's a la la land, just like almost like little warriors inside of like houses. If yeah. Well, dude, you make a really powerful statement that I haven't really thought too much about, but you said, and you get a little um um you talked about them being in shape and having health. And if they want to make an impact on the earth, on this planet, then they got to be in shape. And I, it goes back to you saying, if you're going to spend time with somebody who says they're disciplined and that they care about impacting something, but they, they can't even take care of their own disciplines, then they're full of shit. Mm -hmm. And I think that we've lose sight of that. Like if I am not going to be disciplined myself, then how am I going to be disciplined to say yes to helping the world around me? Right. And I think that that's huge to teach our children. Like we have to be inner focused to become the people who earn the right yes. to have outer impact. Correct. Correct. Cause I believe that it may come. Yeah. If we're not ready for it, then we're not going to make the be the best impact or we may make a negative impact. Mm. Um, it, it, Cause I'll say so God wants to get it done. He's going to use whatever it takes. Like, and sometimes we're not the first ones. We're not the second ones. We may be the third ones. Well, what if we don't get it done? He's going to get a fourth one. You know, there's somebody's going to, he's going to use someone to get it done if it's inside of his will. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. My thing is, is being inside the space. And I can tell you that I was not in the space for a long time to where I could execute on only even half of that. But I looked good. You know, oh, Luke's a great guy because it was average. Like you want to do above average things, make an above average impact and do something great there needs to be an above average ability to do it. Yep. 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 Oh, Luke, dude, I love talking with you. I love your heart. I love your passion for life. Keep being that incredible husband that pursues his wife. Keep being that incredible father who, who is, is taking a step back to, to pay attention to who his children are becoming. And then also just showing up every day to lead the world around you through simply creating the habits that, give you the right to be that guy. And my hope is that every dude listen to that, listen to this right now is empowered by the work that you have done, knowing that that man is also inside of them if they yeah. tap into him and go to work on becoming. I love that. Thank you, Ned, for having me, brother. Love it, dude. Until next time. Hey. Yes. What an incredible conversation. I'm so inspired by Luke, by his heart, by his passion for life. I love there's always more. There's different levels of great. And I just encourage you, celebrate where you are today. Celebrate the man that you are today. Do not compare yourself to anyone but yourself. You have a ton of potential. You have what it takes. Your family needs you. All right. Thank you, bro, for listening to Rebel and Create's fatherhood field notes podcast what you do matters don't be like everybody else be yourself that is who your kids spouse and community needs this is your guide ned shout together let's rebel against the view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in mastering the craft of fatherhood if you haven't already go over to instagram facebook linkedin youtube find 
my TEDx on fatherhood, spend 16 minutes and 39 seconds investing in yourself as a dad, checking out that TEDx and then share it with a homie, help inspire them so that they can discover who they are as a father. I look forward to hanging out with you next time. Thank you.